Today on the Political Theory of Everything, I will be giving you your daily dose of news for today's date, Wednesday, December 29th. Alrighty, and to start off our news today, we have an article per usual from Fox News, and the title of this one, Biden mocked for celebrating historic 2021 economic record. The uh, subtitle is, Biden failed to cite which analyst made the claim, leading to some source, uh, some users to mock the president's claim. Uh, critics banned President Biden on social media for boasting about his 2021 economic record. Quote, rending 2021 with what one analyst described as the strongest first-year economic track record of any president in the last 50 years, end quote, Biden said on Twitter Wednesday. Resume quote, let's keep the progress going. But Biden failed to cite which analyst made the claim, leading to, leading to some users to mock the president's claim in response. Whoops, we couldn't access this tweet, so it looks like the tweet was deleted. Um, but um, because it says literally, whoops, we couldn't access this tweet, so the tweet's not there. Uh, but I think they quote, I think that was the, the tweet that was supposed to be there was a quote. Um, or the tweet from Biden, I don't know, uh, interesting, but Biden made a similar claim in speech last week, again, failing to name the analyst, quote, and at the end of 2021, with that, with what one analyst described as the strongest year, first uh, year economic track record of any president in the last 50 years, nearly 6 million new jobs, a new, a record number for a new president because of my staff and my cabinet unemployment down to 4.2 percent three years ahead of the predicted time it would take to get to that number end quote biden said during the speech uh it continues on to say while the economy has recorded some strong numbers in 2021 a previous fact check of the president's claims noted that much of the progress actually happened under former president donald trump quote since shrinking by more than 30 percent by more than 30% in the first six months of 2020, the U.S. economy has recorded a strong bounce back and returned to normal above pre-pandemic levels. End quote. Read a BBC analysis of Biden's economic claims last month. Quote, under Biden, the U.S. economy has continued to grow this year, but a large part of the recovery happened under former President Donald Trump. End quote. Biden also inherited an economy ravaged by the shutdown policies in response to COVID-19, a fact that BBC noted uh, the president often leaves out of his talking points. Uh, quote, but this job growth comes from a low base point, given that in April last year, unemployment hit its highest level since the Great Depression of the 1930s, end quote, the analysis read, resume, quote, more than 22 million jobs were lost in the space of two months because of the impact of the coronavirus, end quote. A lot of people are basically just saying, like, this is how the market would have been anyways. Um, uh, if COVID never happened, this is where we would be in the market, if not higher. So they're, they're, they're saying that, you know, Biden's taking, oh, look, see what I did in my first year. Um, basically a lot of news outlets and a lot of people on social medias are saying, well, if you look at the trend on what was already happening, it was going to be at this level, if not higher anyways. And the record, like this, the job percentages and all those and jobs created, well, of course there's going to be jobs created because we're coming out of pandemic. Um, and so they're just saying that, you know, none of this is because strictly because of him. They're saying that this would happen with any president in because of the pandemic being a thing, uh, which is the main criticism that he's um, facing right now from people is just that this is not something that's supposed to be bragged about. Like this is what is was expected to be happening anyways. Um, but we move on to our next article from CNN. The title, Biden to speak with Putin on Thursday at Russian leaders' request. 
The article starts. President Joe Biden will hold a call with Russian President Vladimir Putin on Thursday afternoon, quote, to discuss a range of topics, including upcoming diplomatic engagements with Russia, and quote, National Security Council spokesperson Emily Horn told CNN. The call was requested by Putin, according to an administration official, and Biden accepted because, quote, he believes when it comes to Russia, there is no substitute for direct leader-leader dialogue, end quote. Horn added that, quote, the Biden administration continues to engage in extensive diplomacy with our European allies and partners consulting and coordinating on a common approach in response to Russia's military buildup on the border with Ukraine. President Biden has spoken with leaders across Europe and Biden administration officials have engaged multilaterally with the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, the European Union, and the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. They also held numerous consultants, or sorry, consultations with counterparts, including those from eastern flank countries, bilaterally, and the Bucharest 9 format, as well as Ukraine, uh, end quote. Uh, it continues on, um, talking about the Bucharest 9, uh, it's a reference to nine European nations uh, that form the eastern edge of NATO, Poland, Romania, Czech Republic, Estonia, Hungary, Bulgaria, Latvia, Lithuania, and Slovakia. Uh, Biden plans to review the upcoming bilateral talks between the U.S. and Russia, uh, set to take place on January 10th, the official said, and also will discuss the NATO, Russia, and Organization uh, for Security and Cooperation in Europe meeting slated for January 12th and 13th. Close consultation with U.S. allies and partners uh, has been, quote, a priority for the administration from the get-go, end quote, the official said, and Biden will underscore that to Putin as well. A senior administration official told reporters on Wednesday that while the U.S. and its allies are committed to meaningful diplomacy with Russia, quote, we are also prepared to respond, end quote, with harsh coordinated sanctions if Russia advances with a further invasion of Ukraine. It just continues with a bunch of random basically repeating everything um as i just have said i feel like the same thing over and over again uh um they i mean like here later on and it just goes back but u.s and russian officials have agreed to sit down for security talks on january 10th um it seems as though this is just going to be a usual leader to leader security talk um partially a pr uh thing you know just to show uh the citizens of each country look we're conversing um but also just like hey this is what we like as an administration and what do you like in as, as an administration uh, it seems to be uh, the usual uh talks that happen uh between um politicians uh really honestly political leaders the political leaders of countries so no surprise here that we see them about to call each other. It seems to be like any other call. Um, I, I don't see anything super special coming out of this, which means we will move on to the blaze. The title of this one, Police Search for Dangerous 14-Year-Old Charged with Triple Murder Caught on Video His Father Allegedly Drove the Getaway Car. Uh, this was a very unexpected title, especially with the amount of news that we've had recently. Uh, with like John Madden passing away and Harry Reid uh, passing away, uh, among other things like Ghislaine Maxwell, which we'll talk about later, uh, which we've talked about previously, but we'll talk about again later with an update, uh, which I'm sure you've heard about. Uh, but this was an unexpected article among um, the already depressing and sad, uh, disturbing articles that there are. Um, this is just a continuation of that. So we start the article. 
Texas police are searching for a 14-year-old suspect accused of committing a heinous triple murder that was caught on surveillance video. The narrowing video shows the harrowing video shows a shirtless young male crouching to sneak up to the entrance of a convenience store door, geez, before opening fire with a handgun on four teenage targets. He continues shooting into the store and then jumps into a white truck, then, then speeds away quickly. Three of the four teenage victims died at the scene while the fourth, fourth was taken to a hospital in critical condition. The three victims who died were uh, 14, 16, 17-year-old uh, years old, while the one that was wounded was 15 years old. On Wednesday, police charged Abel Elias Acosta with the triple murder, but said they had not yet located the teenager who they said was armed and dangerous. Previously, on Monday, uh, 33-year-old Richard Acosta turned himself in to police. Investigators believe that he was the getaway driver of the uh, truck and the father of the shooting suspect. Quote, we now believe that one or more of the victims who were shot inside were involved in a previous disturbance and with which what believe... Uh, to be the shooter who pulled the trigger, end quote, said Garland, police spokesperson, Lieutenant Pedro Barino, uh, according to KTVT-TV. Uh, police described the teenage suspect as a light-skinned Hispanic boy with dark hair and brown eyes, about 5 feet and 5 inches tall, and about 125 pounds. They obtained and released to the media a photograph from social media of one whom they believe to be Acosta holding a gun. Prosecutors will decide whether to charge the younger Acosta as a juvenile or as an adult. Uh, continues on to talk about Richard Acosta. Uh, he was charged with capital murder of three people and is held on a $1 million bail. Uh, if this was assisted by the father, that would be an extremely poor move, uh, a poor parenting move as that father. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he's going to be charged as an adult, uh, purposely going out to kill four people. This kid obviously has issues and I I frankly believe that he should be tried as an adult uh, just because of the severity of it. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, this one thing, this one person. I mean, he, he went to in there with the, uh, the intent to kill four people. Uh, it also wasn't accidental in any form. Uh, and, and who knows what the cause is, which I'm sure they're going to try to figure out uh, once they catch him and as they talk to the father. Um, but I, I mean, I can't see how he's not tried as an adult with four people, and then you purposely hop into a truck to get away. I mean, there's zero remorse with this. There's zero remorse at all for the killing of these kids. Um, kids, 14, 16, and 17. I, I mean, that's just... And 15-year-old for the wounded one, but 14, 16, 17 years old. Even if provoked, when you go out with the intent to kill four people. I don't know how you aren't tried as an adult. Uh, and this kid has posts of him with a gun on social media. Like this guy just, and, and you posting a gun on social media is not an issue. But when you post a gun on social media, then you go shoot people. I mean, this shows like there's some issues. I mean, a lot of, a, a enormous amount of people own guns. So of course, posting, you know, a gun on social media, all doesn't, you know, all of a sudden isn't like, oh, that guy has issues. That's not at all. But when you put all these things together, like he's flexing this gun on social media, and then he uses the gun to kill four people. I, I mean, that's, uh, a bit worrisome, I guess. Uh, it also depends on how you post a gun on social media. Uh, if it's you and then, you know, some like 
bloody caption than like, okay, yes, you know, if it's you, I'm like, oh, just got a new gun, or oh, I'm at the gun range, or oh, going hunting, you know, like a normal thing, um, uh, then okay, cool, but it also depends on the manner of which he posted his gun on social media, um, but he go, him going out and killing four people with intent uh, is already enough for me to say this guy should be tried as an adult, um, as... 14, I mean, 14-year-old, 16-year-old, and a 17-year-old lost their life to him. Uh, so, a, a very upsetting story there, um, but something to be looking out for. Um, it's the reality of the world we live in. It's a very sad place and a very dark place, and uh, it also brings in the nature versus nurture question. I mean, obviously, the father is a bit weird of a father. Um, um this might be more of those nurture <laughs> type of, uh, you know, one of the nurture situations more than nature. But, um, you know, what what truly makes a killer? Is it nature or is it nurture? And uh, obviously that will take a very long time to truly understand if we ever actually do understand it. But just how can we help kids like this, basically? Um, when they are in a situation like that, is there any way we can help them? Um, without them reaching out to us, how are we able to reach out to them? Um, this is hopefully something that we can look into. Um, we move on, though, uh, to a CBS article addressing a CBS article that I read to you yesterday. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's, it's talking about uh, the CDC facing criticism over its uh, COVID isolation guidelines as Omicron uh, drives up cases and child hospitalizations. Um, the CDC on Wednesday explained its decision to cut its COVID-19 isolation guidelines in half from 10 days to five. The move has received heady criticism as the Omicron variant drives up new cases and hospitalizations among children. Um, they, they actually, uh, it's more of a video uh, than it is an actual article, but I just want to talk about how this has been receiving mixed feedback, as you saw from uh, Rashida Tlaib and her going, are we just, from both sides is the point why I bring up Rashida Tlaib, who's a, a far leftist um, in Congress. You can just see the the questions people are asking here, um, you know, why is it all sudden five days? And and it's not like we're at the beginning of Omicron. Like we're three, we're a few weeks in, I think three-ish now, two, three uh, weeks in. And now you're saying that we can change guidelines? Like why now all of a sudden, especially at our peak, uh, is it okay for us to switch it? Um, and that's where that's where the question is really being asked by both sides, just like, can you explain those to us? Is this a political move because the CDC is most, it, it is a political organization, even though they, they might be health professionals, they are political health professionals. And that's, that's a very massive thing to keep in mind. Uh, they are political health professionals, meaning they can, they are health professionals within a certain bound uh, as they have to appease the people who place them into their positions uh, and they can't really go against them uh, very easily. Uh, but the the that that's, that was more of a video that they had. But I just want to talk about how they they are facing some backlash. Not so much backlash, but um, questions. They're saying, uh, and like I said, just like why are we able to do this now with Omicron, but not uh, previous COVID variants? Um, 
Why are we able to change all of the rules around quarantining and isolating? Um, uh, uh, the actual article I was going to read goes along the lines. Uh, CBS News. Title, Major Flight Cancellations Continue as Omicron Outbreak Causes Staffing Shortage. Uh, so you have... Uh, the article starts and says, Airlines across the United States have continued major flight cancellations as the COVID-19 Omicron variant outbreak continues to cause industry-wide staffing shortages. And that's where the uh, airline CEOs and airline executives asked the CDC to change their COVID guidelines to better accommodate the lack of um, employment, or not employment, the, I guess, yeah, the staffing shortages uh, that they're having and saying, you know, is there a way for us to get our employees back a bit quicker because we have a bunch of people waiting to get home uh, from holidays or even at the point of getting trying to get two holidays who can't because I'm having to send my employee home for 10 days even if they are feeling better. And that's where we see the update from the CDC that uh, has completely changed that around. But uh, it continues on. As of Wednesday night, 1,023 flights into and out of and within the U.S. had been canceled, according to tracking service FlightAware. United canceled 162 flights, Delta canceled 133 flights, and JetBlue and Spirit canceled 101 and 76 flights, respectively. An additional 6,023 flights have been delayed, with the largest disruptions taking place in airports and international hubs like Dallas, Fort Worth, Seattle, Tacoma, and Denver International Airport. Uh, JetBlue and Spirit did not immediately respond to CBS News' request for comment. Uh, earlier Wednesday, a spokesperson for Delta said, as winter weather and the Omicron variant continue to hamper operations, the airline expects to cancel an additional 145 flights by the end of the day. Uh, a spokesperson from United Airlines told CBS News that 150 of Wednesday's cancellations were due to COVID-19 staffing issues, but they are working to rebook as many customers as possible. Quote, the nationwide spike in Omicron cases this week has had a direct impact on our flight crews and the people who run our operation. As a result, we've unfortunately had to cancel some flights and are notifying impacted customers in advance of them coming to the airport, end quote, a United Airlines spokesperson said. The continued cancellations are part of an ongoing struggle with a uh, struggle between airlines that are staffed, uh, short-staffed and consumer-dependent on air travel, consumers dependent on air travel for the holiday season. The Transportation Safety Administration has said that travel has continued to return to pre-pandemic numbers with two, almost 2 million people screened at security checkpoints on Tuesday alone. 6 million people are expected to fly, according to the TSA. Um... It just continues on, talks a bit about uh, Omicron, so I'll just read those numbers and then we'll move on. But it says, meanwhile, the COVID-19 Omicron variant has continued to cause an uptick in positive case reports around the country. The Centers for Disease Control said that as of December 25th, Omicron cases made up of, made up 58.6% uh, of all infections in the U.S. with a 95% prediction interval of 41.5 to 74%. Uh, so there is that from CBS News. Uh, just a quick little thing, a little snippet uh, about a topic we talked about previously. You know, the mask, or not the mask, sorry, the quarantine changes from the CDC very shortly after all these airlines asked them to make a change. Uh, so a very interesting um, move there um, for airlines to continue canceling and for the CDC to continue updating their guidelines. 
but we move on to our last two articles, both from the Daily Wire, as I could not decide between the two of these, um, and I did not want to overload tomorrow on uh, Daily Wire articles, uh, so I'll probably have to do another two tomorrow, just because I saw the stories on here, so I'm just going to read the stories off here. It's not, I, I don't mean to cause any unfair advantage to the Daily Wire for having more articles on the show. Uh, it just happens to be I see these. I really want to talk about them. I really want to share them with you uh, in, your, in your understanding of the news so you're able to talk about more topics with people around you. Uh, but I move into this article from the Daily Wire with the title, Second CNN Producer Under Criminal Investigation for Allegations Involving Potential Juvenile Victims uh, Report. Uh, so we will hop into that now. Uh, the article starts. A second producer for one of CNN's top media personalities is reportedly under criminal investigation for, quote, serious allegations, and quote, involving potential juvenile victims. The allegations against Rick Salibi, a former senior producer for Jake Tapper's The Lead, appear, uh, appear to be connected uh, to reporting by Project Veritas. Salibi resigned from CNN this month. Quote, Fairfax County, Virginia Police Department confirmed to Fox News Digital a criminal investigation has been launched into serious allegations involving potential juvenile victims and that detectives assigned to the Child Exploitation Squad of the Major Crimes Bureau are leading this investigation, end quote, uh, Fox News reported. Uh, resuming a quote from that quote from Fox News, uh, the investigation in the Salibi appears to be tied to reporting by the conservative guerrilla journalism outlet Project Veritas. The Fairfax County Police Department confirmed to Fox News Digital that it had been in communication with Project Veritas as well as possibly affected victims as part of its investigation, end quote. Uh, so this is the second one. Uh, the first one happened a while ago, I believe also connected to Project Veritas, um, but it talked about or they exposed, I should say, uh, the producer, an associate producer, who talked about uh, their fiancé's, um, I think it was a fiancé's, like, little sister or something, like, younger, way younger sister, um, and uh, he sexualized her and talked about her in, uh, obviously, exceedingly inappropriate ways, and then now we have this second one popping up um, with Salibi, but we continue, quote, while we will eventually be transparent about our findings, safeguarding the personal privacy and safety of victims and witnesses, as well as maintaining the integrity of our criminal investigation, are of paramount importance. At this time, we are not in a position to provide additional detail on the scope or nature of this investigation. Uh, end quote, uh, the Fairfax County Police said in a statement. Uh, Fox News added that CNN indicated that Salibi, quote, no longer works for CNN, end quote, and that he reportedly resigned from the far-left news network this month. Um... The report on Salibi comes just a couple of weeks after another CNN senior producer, John Griffin, 44, was hit with federal uh, charges for allegations involving sexual crimes against children. The DOJ uh, had a statement that said, quote, according to the indictment uh, from uh, April to July of 2020, Griffin utilized the messaging applications Kick and Google Hangouts to communicate with people purporting to be parents of minor daughters. Uh, conveying to them, among other ideas, that a, quote, woman is a woman regardless of her age, end quote, and that women should be sexually subservient and inferior to men on these communication platforms. Griffin sought to persuade parents to allow him to train their daughters to be sexually submissive, end quote. And that was a statement, once again, from the DOJ. Uh, the statement said that Griffin 
brought a mother and her nine-year-old daughter to his home in Vermont where, quote, the daughter was directed to engage in and did engage in unlawful sexual activity, end quote. New details that emerged from unsealed court documents provided disturbing new revelations about the case and the type of allegation or type of alleged criminal activity the CNN producer who used to work with recently fired host Chris Cuomo was involved in. Uh, Chris Cuomo got fired for a number of uh, different reasons um, with, I believe, uh, sexual uh, we'll just say harassment, um, uh, issues in there, uh, as part of it. Uh, but we continue, uh, prosecutors say that Griffin stated that he believed that there is a wanton whore at the core of any woman and, uh, or sorry, a quote wanton whore end quote, uh, at the quote core of any quote woman and quote, a woman is a woman regardless of her age end quote, a prosecutor said that Griffin used apps to see, quote, parents who would allow him to train their minor daughters to be sexually subservient, end quote. Griffin allegedly told one mother that he believed that, quote, one of the big lies of this society is that women are delicate, innocent angels, and they are in actuality naturally the dirtiest sluts possible in every metric, end quote. Uh, Heavy.com added, quote, according to court documents, Griffin told a woman he was chatting with he had... Uh, quote, sexually trained girls as young as seven years old, end quote, and he thought the woman's daughter, quote, would be a good candidate for such training alongside her mother, end quote. He told her that they would start with a video chat in which Griffin would instruct the 14-year-old girl and her mother to remove their clothing and touch each other, prosecutor said in the indictment. He also said the, quote, sexual training would prevent, oh, we're sorry, would eventually include in-person meetings featuring spanking and um, other things, end quote. Uh, according, or that was prosecutors said, end quote. Uh, Griffin was later fired by CNN. Uh, and, and so Chris Cuomo had the sexual misconduct allegations. He also just had some stuff relating to his brother. And I think CNN was like, okay, there's way too much, uh, too, way too many allegations going on with Chris Cuomo. We're just going to terminate him. Uh, so he was terminated, uh, from CNN, uh, over just a bunch of scandals um, but we move on to the big, big, big news for today. Title, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's former girlfriend found guilty in sex abuse trial. This um, trial really was pretty quick. It was about a month. Um, uh, we talked about this previously when she finally got caught. Um, and here we are at her... Uh, end of the trial, waiting for her sentencing still. Uh, the subtitle, Maxwell, has been on trial in Manhattan Federal Court since late November. Uh, the article starts, The jury reached a guilty verdict in the sex trafficking trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's former girlfriend. The jury found Maxwell guilty on five of six accounts on Wednesday, including conspiracy to entice individuals under 17 to travel in interstate commerce with intent to engage in illegal sexual activity, conspiracy to transport individuals under 17 to travel in interstate commerce with intent to engage in illegal sexual activity, transportation of an individual... Oh, goodness, sorry. Uh, transportation of an individual under 17 with intent to engage in illegal sexual activity, conspiracy to commit sex trafficking of individuals under 18, and sex trafficking of an individual under 18. Maxwell is expected to appear for sentencing uh, at a later date. Uh, Maxwell has been on trial in Manhattan Federal Court. 
since late November on charges of recruiting minor girls as young as 13 for Epstein to sexually abuse and in some cases personally participating in the sexual abuse. Epstein was found dead in his Manhattan jail cell in August of 2019 before the well-connected and wealthy financier could go on trial for his alleged decades of grooming and sexual abuse, including, including rapes of young girls in the 1990s and early 2000s. Uh, still a lot of questions surrounding his death. It's still being, in, I mean, investigated in its own sense. Uh, still being looked at as more than, possibly more than just a simple suicide. Uh, Maxwell, who spent her 60th birthday in jail on Saturday, is charged with eight counts related to the sex trafficking of minors over the decade-long period between 1994 and 2004, including sex trafficking of a minor, enticing a minor to travel uh, to engage in illegal sex acts and transporting a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. A separate later trial will consider two perjury charges against the British socialite. Maxwell pled not guilty to all accounts. Uh, to all counts, the charges against her carry up to 70 years in prison. Earlier this month, Maxwell opted to not testify herself in her own defense at her trial. The prosecution and defense gave their closing arguments last week on Monday as the trial entered its fourth week just before Christmas. Over the course of the trial, the prosecution painted a picture of a pair of fully grown adults, Maxwell and Epstein, who were, quote, partners in crime, end quote, and had a, quote, playbook, end quote, for targeting minors and sexually abusing them. Quote, Ghislaine Ma Maxwell was dangerous. She was a grown woman who preyed on vulnerable kids, end quote, Assistant U.S. Attorney Allison Moe said in closing arguments. Maxwell and Epstein's, quote, horrifying crimes, end quote, caused, quote, deep and lasting harm to young girls, end quote, Moe said. The defense attempted to cast doubt on the credi credibility of Maxwell's accusers, saying that women have, uh, quote, contaminated, end quote, memories of their abuse. The defense uh, also tried uh, to assign selfish motives to nearly all the government's witnesses, saying the women were uh, motivated by money in going after Maxwell uh, decades after the alleged abuse occurred. Um, not a very strong defense, but I really, I, I, I don't think they uh, had too many options here to defend themselves. Uh, as it was clear, you know, she's with this absolutely terrible man. And when she was with him, he continued to do everything he was already doing. So, obviously, she is not a very good human either. Uh, she never reported it to authorities or anything like that. Uh, so, um, no surprise that they, they have no uh, true, you know, sly way out of this. Uh, but it, the article continues... Uh, over the course of the trial, the jury heard from four of Maxwell's accusers, several former Epstein employees, a psychologist specializing in sexual abuse, and a memory expert that Maxwell defense called, among others. One of Maxwell's accusers, a woman testifying under the pseudonym Jane, testified that Epstein and Maxwell abused her together when she was just 14 years old. Uh, Maxwell would take her on shopping trips and ask her about her life and discuss sexual topics with her, according to, uh, quote-unquote, Jane. Jane. Uh, three other women who, stay, who say they were groomed or abused by Maxwell also testified. A woman testifying under the name Kate told the court that Maxwell set up meetings for the girls to give Epstein sexualized massages. Another woman, Caroline, or Carolyn, uh, testifying only under her first name, said that she was 14 when Maxwell touched her breasts and behind and told her she, had a, a, she, quote, had a great body for Epstein and his friends, end quote. Annie Farmer, testifying under her real full name, last testified on Friday and said Maxwell massaged her naked breasts when she was 16. Meanwhile, Maxwell fostered a, quote, culture of silence, 
end quote, working as his quote, lady of the house, end quote, and taking care of his multiple residences, making hiring and firing decisions regarding his staff and laying down quote, strict end quote, rules for them, prosecutors said. The trial prom- prompted speculation that incriminating information could potentially come to light about some of the high profile names connected to Epstein, such as Microsoft founder Bill Gates, former presidents Donald Trump and Bill Clinton, uh, Bobby, Bobby Kennedy Jr., and former U.S. Senator George Mitchell. However, the trial revealed little new information about Epstein's circle of friends. Massive uh, a bomb right there, uh, how evil this woman was, um, as she has been found guilty. So it's safe to say it, um, how evil she was with her exceedingly evil husband, um, and yet there's this whole ring around them of politicians, and, and we they listed a few at the end here, but it's a massive, massive list of people who have been to the island or have been around him. Uh, just truly evil people, um, especially Epstein and Maxwell, uh, for sure. Um, I mean, Epstein had a lot of, a lot of knowledge about those on the hill that's why a lot of people are like that doesn't make sense that he would kill himself because he he has so much more he has so much power over a lot of powerful people um and so that's where it's more than just a conspiracy theory um and it's both sides who think it uh who think it's reasonable that epstein did not kill himself um but that investigation continues and whether we actually ever truly are able to know um I don't think we will, um, but it's something to to keep in mind as this whole Epstein thing is still unraveling with both him and now Maxwell, um, as there are countless others, um, and the investigation will continue as t- to who was in this ginormous ring, and hopefully it's still able to happen even though we have um, the the intervention of the government, meaning. Uh, it affects a lot of government people, so a lot of government people aren't going to want to hear or see this, um, you know, investigated and and um, sought after by uh, investigators. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully, we're able to figure out more about this. Um, and if there are still people involved, you know, bring it to an end. Um, but a lot of speculation around a lot of this, and Maxwell might be a huge part. As long as she all of a sudden, you know, doesn't kill herself too, um, or happen to die. Uh, but especially since she is, you know, in a case where there's a lot of minors and sexual abuse against minors, we'll see if she even survives in jail, uh, or prison, I should say. She's, she's somewhat lucky if she does, as she, um, she, uh, won't be too safe there, to say the least, um. She, the jails and prisons, uh, prisons almost have their own rules where it's like, oh, you can't, you know, you can't mess with elderly and you can't mess with the super young. Um, and for some reason they have those rules, you know, you can murder a 40 year old, but don't marry, don't, don't murder a super young person or sexually assault a super young person and don't hurt, you know, grandma, uh, which is, which is interesting. Um, but we'll see how long she survives in jail, um, prison. I mean, hopefully, uh, no issues there so that we can figure out more about this ring, um, this, this potential, uh, sexual assault ring with minors, but hopefully, uh, like I said, um, all goes well with this. We'll see the sentencing coming up. Um, I imagine relatively shortly, um, 
But until then, that concludes our news for today's date. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday and a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening.